There's brass monkeys out there. So, it's Chappie. It's uh, episode 61 in Geek Common Cauliflower Cheese. So, I, I, I've actually brought a raging fire pit inside here. And um, trying to protect from the utter chill. It's chilling to the bone. I mean, it's not even chilled to the funny bone. It's not even funny. That's how cold it is. It's, uh, it's an abomination out there. And you just can't get warm. I mean, I'm feeling the aches and pains of a 70-year-old today. Um, it's, uh, it's that cold. It, 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 it's frigid out there. It's a frozen tundra out there. And um, I'm just hoping this afternoon I uh, will be able to provide a little bit of warmth around the world. Just see me as a, as a, as a fireside butler warming the cockles of a cold, wintry, polar vortex afternoon. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping all the actual background noise. I've taken a lot of goose down. And this is, this is not goose down that I've bought. It's goose down off, uh, off the slopes and green belt. Well, it's a white belt, actually, around, uh, around my house. There's thousands of geese. I've got a goose problem, as I mentioned yesterday. And we're going to be discussing it. Um, but it, it's, it's actually blocking out a lot of the noise. I mean, it's, I've, I've got it uh, cushioned around the microphone. So you've got that sort of warmth it's of, a, of a smoky scotch whiskey. Syrupy, maybe. A little syrupy. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, for Valentine's Eve, I'm going to do the Bailey's hot chocolate. I, I think it has to be. It's, it's a necessity on a cold night like tonight. I mean, we're going to try to get warmth where we can. And something else I haven't done, I haven't put any hair product in my hair. I didn't blow dry the hair today. I'm butler au natural. But I look, look across between Justin uh, Timberlake and Sink, um, and for the older crowd, Tom Baker, uh, Doctor Who, uh, maybe a little bit of um, Don, uh, uh, the forming boxer, boxing promoter, um, Don King. I was going to say Don Johnson, but I think Don Johnson had enough grease in his hair to um, probably fry the whole city's worth of fish and chips. Um, but th th that's, that's what I am. Maybe, I, I think I'm probably getting more sort of radio waves coming in. Um, maybe I'll get some messages from beyond today. Or possibly messages from maybe our friend the aliens out there alf maybe alf will make an appearance and uh communicate with me this afternoon on uh, on how i should proceed with uh with with the podcast but i think i'm gonna throw another log on the barbie i'm gonna settle down and um not quite ready for the Bailey's hot chocolate. It's uh, I know it's five o'clock somewhere, but uh, I'm waiting uh, when the uh, sun crawls over the yard arm a little bit later, and uh, then I think I may do the uh, little dash of the 
Bailey's Hot Chocolate. But let's uh, start the show right now. Oh, gosh, no, Mrs. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, titty not. Yes, let's keep calm and cauliflower cheese. And as I said, I've got a goose problem. I mean, it's helping me in one way, keeping this warm, delicious sound that you're hearing um, through the microphone. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, but it is it is a little bit of a goose problem going on here. And it's not just that the, the down's fine. It's the other problem. I mean, when you've got a thousand geese, I mean, they're not laying eggs in it everywhere. Let, let me put it that way. Um, but, but, you know, the goose is, a, is certainly an issue. The geese, it was a single goose. I mean, last year in Denver, they, they, they were, you know, getting, catching the geese. And making them into some sort of goose fricassee for the homeless. I mean, that stopped. I think people got a little bit annoyed. And they weren't making like foie gras or anything, but still. Not everybody has a taste for the Canadian goose, I think. Uh, Long John's. Essentials. But we didn't talk about it yesterday, so let's uh, let's discover it today. Also, um, wax seals. I mean, it's perfect Valentine's Day, isn't it? You get a little, you know, you get your family crest and you embosh it onto uh, onto the envelope. I think it's rather, I think it's rather fantastic and a very sort of romantic gift. Especially if you have any calligraphy skills, which which I do not. I mean, I look like it's looked like a spider's crawled over the, the, you know, the paper when I when I write. Alas, um, but uh, but also we never covered. Um, I mean, I, this is something that I discovered um, in the last couple of years, that there is in America urinal or urinal etiquette for you chaps out there. I mean, maybe you don't know it. And also, um, men, as they get older, their appendages get bigger. No motion. Uh, ears, nose. I mean, I'm sort of a little concerned about this. Uh, frozen eyelashes, we're going to be looking into that. We never looked at, you know, what... I mean, mosquitoes. Why could we give them the vaccine? Could they, could they a swarm of them uh, inoculate people? I mean, who knows? We never had the Scottish sword dancing. I mean, I mean, what was yesterday's show about? I think it's about me being hungry and wanting Indian food, and then wanting to be encased in a samosa sarcophagus. Why did you listen into it yesterday? Televised marbles. Just roll with it. Um, also, uh, we, we, I don't think we ever looked at the uh, perfect recipe is dinner for one with no leftovers. We never, we never covered that. We never covered Bordeaux hit backs with balloons that turn hail into harmless rain. Um, as I said, the hot chocolate. I mean, I, I, I do think everybody should try the Bailey's hot chocolate. But uh, I don't know why, you know, we may need the... That the chocolate flakes would be rather delicious as well. I mean, I wish we, uh, I wish we had some of those delicious chocolate flakes to add to the uh, to the hot chocolate. Um, that would be um, that would be absolutely uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, we um, we did talk about the Gorilla Glue yesterday. We never talked about baked beans on Weetabix. 
So this is a breakfast cereal. It's a little bit like a sort of shredded wheat, I suppose. Um, but uh, people are eating baked beans on it now. I mean, I, I don't know. It's a trend. Uh, there'll be more uh, Trump or trombone today. We do have a, uh, a rather sort of embarrassed uh, leader in our uh, medieval uh, tinder little competition, historical tinder competition as well. Um, that uh, will be uh, spinning over to you a little bit later in the show. Um, and uh, and much, much more. I mean, it's, uh, it's a fun-packed, uh, snow-packed edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And uh, you're very, very, very welcome to it. So, we didn't uh, discuss last week a rather sort of mysterious character from uh, from my home county of Norfolk in the UK. I'd never even heard of it before. I was just doing a little bit of research. You know, I mean, I know you're saying, Chappie, you didn't research this show. You just do it off the top of your head. Well, most of the time I do. Uh, and this is why I'm sort of freeing the curls today, to see if I can get some sort of extra creativity. I mean, and then I may not be able to do, have to do so much research if, you know, I'm getting... Um, sort of waves and inspiration coming from maybe the heavens into my curls could be that you know who knows um but uh but we it's norfolk's jack valentine so in the late 19th and early 20th century people in norfolk would spend more money swapping anonymous gifts on february the 13th valentine's eve than any other day much more than christmas or easter this was celebrating jack valentine a rather mysterious character who would enigmatically leave gifts and trinkets on people's doorsteps for Valentine's Day. Knocking on the door and running away before they answer. Sounds a little bit like some sort of uh, peeping Tom or something. So people would uh, find their gifts awaiting them without knowing who the generous benefactor was. He was admired as a mischievous but kind-hearted character who certainly inspired Norfolk to embrace Valentine's Day in a far greater way than the rest of this island. Everyone who expected to give their own anonymous Valentine's gifts suitors, romantics, and secret admirers would often leave their gifts on the Valentine's doorstep before knocking and dashing into the night. I mean, you could get in trouble from the police. I mean, if you're like ringing, and ringing doorbells and skipping away, it better be a bloody good gift, that's what I'm saying. Um, now, this may not be a perfect approach for Valentine's Day celebration, so, um, you know, it's uh, the mysterious Jack Valentine who I'd never even heard of uh, before. But I mean, do you leave, I mean, in like for Santa Claus in America, they have cookies and milk and sherry and mince pies in the UK. What do you leave for, you know, Jack Valentine? You know, maybe unwanted uh, underwear or something. I mean, that's what I could. I could sort of tuck my, uh, my, uh, my, ho- my holy sort of uh, boxer shorts under the pillow and um, and they, 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 there you got it. I mean, you've got uh, Bob's your uncle. He could have a, have a sort of holy pair of, you know, boxer briefs. Or maybe, you know, a, 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 some old knickers or something. I mean, that could be a possibility. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, you have to leave something for the poor chap. I mean, a little, if it's a cold... February night, maybe a nip of something that he might like, you know, something warming. I mean, I'm sort of think that you could leave the um, 
unwanted chocolates in the chocolate box like the strawberry creams or the orange creams or the coffee delight you know whatever that is under the pillow and he could uh, he could take away the remnants you're not going to nibble yourself but uh, I don't know I mean somebody knocking at the door in the middle of the night leaving uh, leaving some gift uh, is uh, is slightly uh, slightly suspicious to say to say the least but maybe that's how the anonymity of Valentine's Day started where you'd send a card or a gift and put a question mark in the card but that's Sir Jack of the Valentine peeps I mean something else you should think about if you haven't got your gift yet now lots of chaps out there who have left uh, gift buying flower buying to the last minute and they'll probably be going to the local garage and uh, picking up a discount discount bouquet you know from 10.99 down to 5.99 you get a box of chockies thrown in with it i mean many people are doing that you know they're leaving it to the last minute um but but why not you know why not buy your lover your partner your beau some bed socks so if you're having difficulty sleeping here's here's what you should do wear socks to bed i think it's a perfect a perfect accoutrement uh you know for your valentine's eve a nice fluffy pair of alpine socks wearing socks to bed has long been the source of ridicule but it turns out that having cozy toes could be the key to a good night's sleep a doctor posted a video on tiktok saying we should wear socks to bed uh jess andrade uh explains it helps the brain understand that you want to go to sleep so uh, let's talk about people that wear socks to bed wearing socks makes the feet warm and this opens up the blood vessels that cools the body down and the body being cool tells the brain that it's time for bed so actually people who wear socks tend to fall asleep quicker uh, dr andre confirmed she is a sock wearer and she referred to the research that was carried out in 2006 that looked at the impact of foot temperature in adult sleep uh, onset was accelerated by warm and neutral bed socks after lights often correlated to the increase in foot temperature. I mean, I don't know. I mean, people want people kick their feet out of bed. They want, you know, that's the thing that they if they're hot in the night. They they cool their, you know, they cool uh, their feet down, and I think it cools the rest of them down. I mean, I I sometimes wear socks to bed. I, I get I, I like rubbing a slavering my feet in Vicks vapor rub um, if I've got a little bit of a sniffle or a snuffle, and then putting the socks on. But I, I don't know, you know. I mean, I don't think it's going to help the. Uh, I don't think it's going to help the love life of uh, of uh, our worldwide listenership um, if you turn up to bed in a pair of Homer Simpson socks, or maybe uh, Basil Brush or something like that. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'd, you know, if I turned up and my beau was wearing a pair of Homer or Basil Brush. <laughs> boom, boom, you know. Maybe that's what you're looking for. <laughs> boom, boom, for the evening. Um, but you certainly don't want any dope going on, um, you know, on Valentine's Eve. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think it could um, it could make you want to go downstairs and boil the kettle and get make another hot chocolate. Let's put it that way. But how about, you know, also, um, if you are going to bed uh, with the socks on, I mean... I mean, it seems to be a, 
a threadbare uh, butler problem at the moment. What if you've got a hole in your sock and your big toe's poking through? Now, if your big toe, I mean, that's not an appendage you want poking out of a sock. I think it could uh, it could ruin, you know, the flaming carnal sensations of a wonderful night. You know, having a big toe, an ugly man's toe, poking through a sock, probably with some untrimmed hair. I mean, it's really not going to help one's, uh, uh, you know, one's uh, love parade. The Love Unlimited Orchestra will not be uh, strumming in the background if you're, you know, your big toe's poking through the sock. Let's put it that way. So there we go. I mean, you might it might help you get to bed quicker. It, it may not help your love life, but it'll help you sleep, people. So we haven't talked in a couple of weeks about so the social dilemma. You know, uh, I don't know if anybody has uh, watched the social dilemma on Netflix, but it's basically technology watching us. It's sort of um, a uh, AI Orwellian Big Brother's watching you, and this is this is what's been happening to me recently. So, I mean, I've had all sorts of things. I've had uh, people trying to advertise tweed jackets, safari suits, uh, ascots, cravats. I mean, everything basically that nobody else would wear uh, other than myself. I mean, what's going to happen next? Are they going to be advertising monocles to me? No. I mean, it, it advertised cauliflower rigatoni that I had. And maybe 10 minutes later, I got a cauliflower rigatoni uh, ad. But I did get, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it made me think, you know, Valentine's Eve. What's more romantic on Valentine's Eve than a onesie? A, a plaid or tartan onesie. I mean, a his and hers onesie would be delicious, you know. His in blue and, uh, blue and black, maybe, and her in pink and purple. Be an absolute... Uh, it would be an aperitif for a wonderful evening, maybe. But um, but what I found is, as I saw the onesie, first of all, it would have to be maybe a little bit of a stretchy onesie for me. Um, because, you know, I am growing growing in a lot of, uh, of Neanderthal back hair to keep myself warm through the polar vortex. And it's sort of rather cushioning, you know, so you need a little bit more give in the onesie. Uh, when it comes to the um, when it comes to the, the the back hair and the chest hair, I mean we're we're thinking about braiding and plaiting. That's how it's getting to that stage. I mean, who knows what will happen when I? Uh, I mean, I may have to get the um, the uh, the pooch patrol people round in the uh, in the mobile pooch patrol van and give me a give me a shore me down basically like a sheep if I'm going to the pool in the summer. Um, but the, no, but the onesie appeared, and um, it, it didn't. It was sort of arseless. There was nothing at the back. I mean, I think there was a flap actually, so you could lift the flap up and do whatever um, you had to do, and then put the flap down. I mean, for a lady, that's one thing. You know, more delicate and elegant. But for a chap. I mean, all that hair and all. I mean, it could be an absolute abomination. Or abomination, even. Um, I mean, OxyClean, wet wipes. I mean, it, it, could be a, it could be a real issue. 
Um, so I don't know why it was. Uh, you know, maybe maybe for the maybe for the the gentleman who likes to go to waxing in the city and get his bottom crack, um, you know, barbered, so to speak. And that's one thing, but I mean, everybody else is not a very pleasant surprise. The the, the flat lifts up, and uh, and there you go. It's not uh, it's not something that I would uh, I would certainly recommend. So I think they're trying to sell the onesie to the wrong person, without a doubt. I don't think I'm going to be wearing a onesie Valentine's Eve, you know. And I mean, uh, it, does it does it, is it measured for the for the size of the bottom. I mean, if you've got a Kim Kardashian bottom or a, you know, a dad, a dad bottom, I mean, is it, does it, does the onesie allow for this? I mean, these are big questions you have to ask when you're getting onesies, his and hers onesies for Valentine's Day, I think. But there we go. So, is, you know, are our, um, are our devices listening to us? Yes. Is Social Dilemma real? Yes. But uh, maybe not in this case. As always on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, we like like to make clunky gear changes. So we go um, bum flaps on onesies to my goose problem. Um, Now, thousands of Canadian geese flock this time of year to Colorado. And they like to set up camp right outside my house. You know, they're noisy. They're quite elegant as they fly over. I mean, they fly in a beautiful formation, and it uh, takes me back to my childhood days back in North Norfolk, where they flew across the marshes. But they, they they cause a bit of a ruckus, you know. Firstly, they're a little bit aggressive. They do leave their down, but they also leave goose poop. Now, until we get to incinerators where we can fill houses or maybe uh, run cars and uh, trains on goose poop, it's a bit of an issue. Because I haven't met a dog that doesn't like to gobble up one of the goose sausages, basically. It's, it's, it's awful, you know, and I don't think any... I mean, it's not the sort of greeny the dog should be putting in his mouth. Let's, let me say that. And it doesn't help freshen the, the dog's breath either. So it's a, you know, it's is 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 a little bit of a is a little bit of a you know I feel like a bit of a terrible goose here, um, and they think it's uh, nutritious and delicious the dogs, and the goose don't mind, and it gets caked on my uh, Wellingtons as well. I mean it's uh, they 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 turn up. I mean seriously, the dogs are like you know like Pac Man. It's Pac Dog with goose poop. That's basically what it is. Um, so. I think it's uh, I think it's certainly something that uh, I need to find a solution for it. Basically, would love to see them. Don't want to eat them, um, but they are uh, they are making my dog's breath rather stinky. And you know, back on the social dilemma again. You know, I did I did get something uh, sent directly from my uh, my vet. I mean, you know. As I said yesterday, now, and I'm sure I'm going to get lots of people saying vets do not have bad breath. Well, some of them do. But anyway, it said to me, the email, stinky dog breath, ooh, your dog could be telling you she needs dental care every time she blows nastiness your way. Bad breath doesn't just stink, it might be a sign of disease. So, 
I mean, is this a is this a subliminal message to the dog or the owner? Who knows? But anyway, if Maggie, George, and Jack keep eating the goose poop, um, I'm going to have to probably uh, take them to the dental hygienist, and they're going to have to have their tongue scraped. I think. Okay, so I put, stoked up the fire, a little bit of wood and coal back on it again, and it's. I mean, it, it, the, it's the weather is getting considerably colder. You know, without a doubt. I'm just going to step away from the blaze for a little bit here. Uh, and um, we're going to look at the etymology of long johns. Because, I mean, I think everybody needs thermal underwear in this bit. I mean, they think, Chappie, why, why are you telling us about thermal underwear on, on Valentine's Eve? And, uh, I mean, we're trying to have a romantic evening, and you're telling us about thermal underwear. It's really going to ruin the mood. So anyway, I mean, but you need to keep warm. You need to keep the the crown jewels warm here. The manufacturing foundations of Long John's may lay uh, in Derbyshire, England, as John Smedley Lee Mills located in Matlock. The company has a 225-year-old heritage and is said to have created the garment Long John's, named after the heavyweight boxer John Sullivan. Uh, and the company still produces long johns. Uh, Michael Quinn, and a British etymologist and writer, postulated that John in the item of the apparel may be a reference to Sullivan, who wore a similar-looking garment in the ring. This explanation uh, is uncertain, and the, and the term origin is ultimately unknown. Um, but uh, it's also po- uh, posed that the term is an approximation of the French long jambe, uh, which uh, translates to long legs. But what have you got short legs in my case? I mean, you're going to have to nip away the fabric at the bottom so your legs can, you know, feet can pop out the bottom. I mean, they, if you've got, maybe maybe I need to, I've said this before, I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know, a, not a bad looking chap here in my butler's suit. You know, everything pressed very nicely. But I do have short legs, so I maybe I need the short johns. So, something that I've noticed um, popping into work this week and uh, I was thinking about the um, the whole setup of uh, of the bathrooms. I mean, you know, why in American bathrooms are the doors so small? I mean, there's a gap underneath and a gap at the top, um, and uh, it's 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 quite disconcerting to say the least. I mean, uh, and then this this is very uncomfortable. So. I, you know, doing my business at the uh, urinal, and uh, and this uh, you know this chap's standing up after doing whatever he needed to do in the in the cubicle, doing his trousers up, slacks up, whatever, and he's peering over the top and he's like looking at looking over at me, peering over, judging. You know from. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was quite embarrassing. I mean, he's so tall he can peer over the top at men, you know, at the u- urinals. And it took me, you know, took me back to Liverpool Street Station probably like twenty years ago when I looked up and somebody was, um, you know, five knuckle shuffling as I was uh, in the cubicle, and there's a gentleman like peering through the, uh, you know, peering through the mesh above the station and he was looking down watching me i mean it's the same sort of thing it's very very uncomfortable so you know the same thing uh you know the same thing under the under the door i mean there's there's uh 
there's there's a gap there's there's, there's a big gap there's a small the doors are too small i mean it uh i guess it makes you know for a quick sharp exit for a midget potentially if that if that had to happen um but then you know then it made me think that a couple of years ago a couple of old butler friends of mine were telling me about um uh, urinal and bathroom etiquette in uh, in the uh, in the in in the U in the US. I'm I'm never never really you never never knew when you take a Jimmy Riddle that there's uh, there is bathroom or urinal etiquette rules. Um, so what typically happens is over time men learn urinal etiquette rules. I've never been taught this. I mean this never happened at boarding school or butler finishing school. And have been passed on from generation to generation. We should add that these rules can vary depending on where in the world you live. I mean, we didn't get these in the UK. Maybe we'd maybe we'd not gentlemanly enough at the uh, urinal. I don't I don't know. Um, with that said, gentlemen, there are some key urinal etiquette rules to know in you know in North America, and one of them is 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 is. Mind the gap. Always leave a gap. I mean, it feels like I'm back on the London Underground again, the, the tube. Always leave a gap. Mind the gap. If there's three urinals and only one, the end one is being used, use the, use the one at the other end, leaving the middle one empty. This is referred to as a urinal gap. Mind the gap. And should be adhered to unless the bathroom is busy. I mean, I never knew this. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a brutal education for me. And I and I told this, you know, these gentlemen said, you know, you always leave the gap. And I think I had broken the rule one day when I went into the bathroom, and I didn't leave the gap. I I, I filled the gap basically, and it made the two gentlemen either side of me very uncomfortable. Apparently, also keep your pants up, keep your trousers up. Some mum around the world just lower their trousers and their underwear and go go at it. One, two, three, and you're going. In the U.S., though, always use a zipper. Leave your pants up. I mean, I mean, who does that anyway? We loosen the belt, the whole thing, the whole world's going to come tumbling down there. The only time you can consider lowering your pants is if your underwear is adjusted. What happens if you're wearing your wife's knickers? I mean, you don't want anybody to see. I mean, that could be a problem too. Meandering eyes. I mean, it's like the gentleman looking over the top of the toilet. You know, it was uh, Long John Silver looking over the top of the toilet. And, uh, and um, you know, when at the urinal, keep your eyes straight ahead. Straight ahead, gentlemen. Or look down like you're concentrating on something whatever that might be this is universally accepted etiquette and then talking at the urinal the urinal in most parts of the world it's not considered appropriate to talk to a stranger while using another urinal however it's a friend or colleague then it's not only proper to talk but considered rude if you don't i don't want to talk to somebody when i'm having a jimmy riddle and clean it up man that's another rule if you miss you know if you if you if your water pistol's not very accurate, clean it up. Um, and then uh, and then you know if if there's if there's if it's completely busy and there's no gap, use the, use the toilet, use the guard rope, use the loo. I mean, this is a, this is the big problem. I was never taught this etiquette. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm you know a day late and a dollar short, you know, or maybe a couple of pennies short. Okay, so welcome again to Trump or Trombone. We take some of the yeah, these are these are pretty down and dirty headlines, and we equate them to a Trump or a Trombone, probably both raspy. Um, hacked sex robots could be told to kill users, as experts warn it's a piece of cake. 
Increasingly sophisticated AI and robots intended for intimate use poses a grave threat to humanity and uh, should developers fail to safeguard against malicious hacks, legal experts are warning. So sex robots could be capable of killing unfortunate humans should they fall victim to malicious hackers, experts have warned. The anatomically correct humanoid creations feature increasingly sophisticated artificial intelligence for each new model, allowing users to uh, enjoy a more naturalistic experience. Uh, but unassuming sex rob robots are equally dangerous and they could be you know, used as a crime of passion, so to speak. Um, it may be, you know, there are people out there tonight who are enjoying, you know, the sex robot. They're, uh, you know, they're enjoying a little bit of, a uh, little bit of hours your father with, um, you know, with a, with a cyborg, you know, the carnal cyborg out there. Um, or the uh, rompy robot, um, something along those lines. But I mean, I mean, in this case, it's probably killing you softly with AI. And next, Google Maps users discovers Dictator's Palace, an ex-Soviet base hidden in the mountains. A mystery complex was spotted on Google Maps in western Turkmenistan. A Reddit user believes it could uh, belong to the country's president, which I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to uh, try to uh, pronounce his name. Uh, users believe they spotted what could be a Dictator's Palace in the ex-Soviet base mountains. They noticed that the James Bond-style complex, which they say has a checkpoint to enter, is surrounded by fencing in western Turkmenistan. I mean, I mean, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely ridiculous. It could, uh, it could make me think that all of James Bond's nemesises wouldn't be able to have an underground volcano lair anymore because they'd be contracted on Google Maps. And Weetabix, uh, the cereal, suggests serving uh, them with baked beans, and people have lost it. Weetabix shared a suggestion on Twitter to serve the cereal topped with warm baked beans, and the pose, uh, posters caused furious uh, backlash. From yogurt to fruit to hot milk and honey to a sprinkle of sugar, almost anything seems to work as a topping on Weetabix. But Weetabix itself has managed to spark an international outcry after posting an own serving suggestion on social media, which was quickly labelled the worst food I'd ever seen with my eyes. Uh, baked beans uh, smothered uh, over Weetabix. Um, so it's basically two Weetabix laying side by side, topped and smothered, coated with baked beans. And uh, <laughs> lots of people are saying it's effing disgusting. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's a little bit too much fibre, perhaps. You know, the beans in the, the beans in the Franks, so does Big, or the beans in the uh, Weetabix in this case. I mean, it could be sort of wheaty shrapnel. Um, I suppose, um, several hours later. I mean, I wouldn't recommend, uh, you know, all those folks who are listening or having, thinking about having a sweet romantic evening tonight, I wouldn't think about having baked beans on Weetabix just before you enter the boudoir. And a koala survived unscathed after causing a six-vehicle pileup while trying to cross a busy six-lane freeway, uh, freeway in Australia. The mayhem unfolded after the driver applied the brakes suddenly to avoid the animal on the road in Adelaide. The, uh, the uh, vehicle was uh, um, rear-ended by another, setting off a chain of shunts. The koala, however, came through the unscathed and was scooped up in a coat uh, by Nadia Tugwell. Um, the koala was absolutely not damaged in any way, she said. Uh, but I mean, you know, the koala may have had a few too many eucalyptus shots at lunch or maybe a few too many moonshines for the marsupial. Um, but, you know, they are a little bit uh, down under over in Aussie land. 
And a man has been charged with dangerous driving after being stopped in Dundee, Scotland, with snow covering almost his entire front and rear windscreens. Police said it was about the most extreme example of lack of preparation they'd ever seen. Officers said the man had been driving with practically zero visibility. Uh, the incident took place in uh, Dunshannon Industrial Estate uh, near Dundee uh, in, uh, in Scotland. I mean, uh, absolutely, absolutely shocking news, chapter. Um, but apparently his arms were too short to reach his sporran uh, to purchase a can of de-icer. And uh, finally, woman sick of living with Powell's realistic sex doll, which joins them at the table. Um, a woman living with a sex doll has been accused by its owner as being jealous of it. A 23-year-old is asking for advice after she let a pal move into her home and brought a realistic companion doll, which she pushes around in a wheelchair. The obsessed lodger, who has been offered to reduce work as he's currently employed, even sets a place, at the, uh, place for the doll at the dinner table. Feeling uncomfortable about accommodating the doll at a mate's strange uh, behaviour, the homeowner has taken to Reddit for some advice. I just don't want it moving in with us. It's probably a case of pass the lube, not the salt. It would be pretty awful, though, if the uh, salt grinder was a little bit sticky, though. I mean, we're all getting hit by this polar vortex at the moment. As I said, I brought the, uh, brought the fire inside, wearing the long johns, warming myself with, uh, with hot chocolate and Baileys. But, you know, I was thinking that, you know, up in Scotland, they're getting, they're getting uh, many feet of snow. It's just piling on. You know, and these poor chaps wearing their kilts, not underneath. And, uh, you know, they need to keep warm. But as they're keeping warm, they could be providing a service that maybe there's not enough gritters on the road. They could be providing some sort of uh, public service. So as they're doing their sword dancing, I'm sort of imagining, you know, a bearded Scottish chap um, sprinkling, you know, probably some salt uh, from his from his sporran. Um, you know, and, and melting the ice. So, you know, here we go. We're, we're just sort of reenacting this, and, 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 you know, we've got the bagpipes going here. Absolutely love the tartan there, Shabby. And there we go. They've got, like, uh, Where's Waldo socks on here. The the socks are nastily clashing with the uh, with the Campbell kilt and the, uh, and, the, and the red breast of the jacket, Shabby. So... And, they, you know, they're, they're very, very nimble on their feet, these Scotsmen. And uh, there we go. You just have to you just have to trust me here as he's, uh, he's jigging around the sword here. Oh, what's that for that sparring chopper? Oh, that could, that could cause an awful piercing. And he's just, uh, just jigging around the sword here. Humble long shaft. But you know, they're sprinkling the salt from the sporran, melting the snow as they go away. I mean, it's piercing cold, but they better be careful. They could get, they could get the sporran pierced. I mean, you don't want the, uh, you don't want the, uh, the long shaft sword slipping up the kilt, do you? I mean, bring tears to your eyes and tears to all sorts of other places as well. But they're very nimble. I don't think any no no bearded red-headed Scotsman were were sort of injured in making this little short video. But it does make me think also 
you know, going back, uh, you know, my mind always tends to wander in these things. Now I'm imagining some sort of Scottish Freddie Mercury doing vacuuming, shaking and vacuuming with the, uh, with the, with the, with the, you know, with the, with the vacuum powder coming out of his sparring. I mean, singing the shake and vac song. Do the shake and vac and put the bet in back. You know, and something along those lines, I suppose. But there we go. If you've got a salty sporran, let me know. I think it could uh, it could go a long way to melting all this slush and sludge. You know, even I may pop on a on a kilt in the sporran tomorrow to melt uh, some of this permafrost from my sidewalks. Okay, we're nearly at the end of the podcast, but you know, it would be remiss of me, remiss of me, not to uh, not to talk to you about Bailey's hot chocolate and give you the recipe, because you know this may be. This may be the, you know, this may be like the hundreds and thousands sprinkled onto your romantic evening. That's what it could be. Um, but all you need, Bailey's Irish cream, hot chocolate powder, milk, a dollop of cream, chocolate sprinkles or chocolate brownies even, chocolate fingers, chocolate sauce, anything to garnish. And step one. Use a hot chocolate powder and milk to make a hot chocolate. I mean, I would, if you've got a, if you've got one of the Nespresso froth machines, froth up your milk, baby. Pour it into your favorite mug and make it magnificent. Add the Baileys. I mean, I had to say, my clumsy butler fingers, I had to actually put my, uh, my date of birth in to get into the Baileys website. Garnish gregariously. Dollop on a fresh or whipped cream, marshmallows, toasted marshmallows, take it to another level. Chocolate fakes, whatever you fancy. Stand back and admire, then grab a spoon and dig in. I mean, it looks absolutely delicious. It could give you that warming sensation on Valentine's Eve that we all are looking for. But whatever you're doing tonight, I hope you have a lovely time and, uh, and enjoy yourselves. Froth that milk. Don't put the onesies on, especially the ones with the back flaps. We never talked about the shortage of custard cream uh, biscuits or cookies in the e- in the EU as well. Maybe we'll cover that next week. Uh, but uh, we're going to finish with uh, a very nice romantic poem. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I'm never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done... By only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet, I want no world. For beautiful you are my world, my true, and it's you who are whatever a moon has always meant. And whatever a sun will always sing is you here in the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life which grows higher than the soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that keeps the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Cheerio, everybody. I will return next week for another duo of podcasts. Have a lovely one. Sip up that hot chocolate and keep everything warm tonight. <laughs>